solo and group clinicians alike are buzzing about Therapy Notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals. With live customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and an extensive feature library, Therapy Notes is sure to streamline your workflow, giving you time to care more and worry less. Try them for two months free using promo code MODERN today. Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Widhelm with Katie Vernoy, and we are at a time where all sorts of people are looking at getting outside the office, I guess maybe back into their office so that way they can get back outside of their office. A little pandemic stay at home humor. Katie was drinking and didn't give me <laughs> the appropriate laugh take that into I into my microphone. <laughs> so, you got to watch what I'm drinking, dude. Like you, your jokes, they they only they only work when I'm actually like able to laugh. <laughs> so, joining us in our humor foray into getting back outside of the office is Annie Schusler, the host of the Rebel Therapist podcast. She is here to share all of the wonderful wisdom that she's accumulated over the years and in her coaching and consulting and all of the wonderful free resources that she does through her podcasts over there. So thank you so much for joining us, Annie. Thank you. I am so excited to be here with both of you. We're excited because we listen to your podcast too. So we were so excited when you reached out. As you know, the first thing that we ask our guests is who are you and what are you putting out into the world? I put out into the world Rebel Therapist podcast. And that is where I interview entrepreneurs who have really innovative, creative, amazing businesses beyond the therapy room. And I do that so that therapists and healers everywhere can see what's possible and start getting an idea of how to do it themselves. That is awesome. I love it. So one of the questions that we typically like to start with is kind of taking from our collective experience of working with other therapists, seeing people's adventures out into new and expanding business roles, and coming from a place of support and not having people have to reinvent the wheel, but also not shaming anybody either. But <laughs> as we see people trying to get outside the office and launch new things, what are the mistakes that we see a lot of people making that our audience can just skip over because other people have already made those mistakes? Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love the idea that we could learn from each other without feeling ashamed in the process. <laughs> I know. And this, this disclaimer has gotten longer and longer because we're like, what did therapists get wrong? And I was like, well, that seems mean. And so now we're just doing <laughs> super long disclaimers. Like, no, we're trying to learn from each other without shame. Yes. Yes. And I have made all these mistakes and more. So <laughs> no, no shame. So I think one mistake I see is people wanting to go passive right away, wanting mm. to create something that they can just put out there, 
that is kind of a collection of all of their wisdom and experience and just wanting to put it all in one place and sell it as maybe an evergreen course that's passive and thinking that that would be a great first step rather than really getting into what do I want to create that's going to be phenomenal and creative and may really take some work. And actually it just will take some work at the very beginning. (laughs) I think that's the biggest mistake and the biggest kind of heartbreaking thing I have to talk to people about as they're getting started. That passive income isn't actually that passive. Yeah. It takes some work to actually replace work. (laughs) It really does. To me, the part that I love about that, because I think there's this notion that if we can just get to a place where we have something that's sitting there on our website or somehow it's it's akin to the, if I open my therapy office, I'll get clients. Yeah. It's this idea that I'm going to create this course and it doesn't necessarily even matter what the course is, but it's just going to be p- this passive income. And instead looking at how can you fulfill a creative and treatment need that is potentially a ton of work, but has these rewards later. And it seems so much more meaningful and fulfilling to be able to actually do something that you know is going to be really well received and going to be really impactful to potential clients. It's a great reframe. It's a, it's a obvious one, but I don't know that I actually heard people say it that way. So I thank you. That's, I like that. Thanks. Yeah. I think it's really important to come into this with the right energy. And rather than coming into it feeling like, oh, I'm burned out on therapy. I just want to do something that Mm -hmm. isn't going to take so much time. That's not the energy to start a business (laughs) with. You want to start this new business with a feeling of, I want to make a huge impact. It's going to take me a while. I'm willing to do what it takes. And I want to create something phenomenal. So a lot of times when we see people kind of coming from that burnt out phase of, all right, I, I need something new. I also need money. I like money. It's something that I need to survive. <laughs> what helps get people into that foundational footing to be able to make that transition? Who's likely to be able to succeed in making that kind of a jump from one burnt out space where they still are kind of tied into it because of money and then also wanting to give something to themselves that opens up the space but is now faced with potentially a lot of work that could just lead to a whole different kind of burnout. Yeah, I think it helps to have some grit. It really helps to be willing to be frustrated and to know that stepping into this and dealing with some frustration is totally normal and part of it. And being willing to do things that are hard for your future self and for your future participants. And yeah, I'm a huge fan of money. So money should absolutely be part of the picture. And looking at it as not quick money, because there are much faster ways to make money, but looking at it as these steps I'm taking are an investment in my future and in the future of the people I'm going to be helping. I think the grit element is under described in a lot of the ways that people talk about it. I I look at, especially in kind of the mainstream coaching world, that there is this notion that if you do these 27 easy steps, you're going to get, you know, you're going to 10 extra income by next Tuesday. And I think that some of the grit 
required, both is not described. Like this is building a completely separate business oftentimes, uh, especially if it's not going to be therapy, you know, like curriculums or that kind of stuff, but actually coaching or something else. But it's also a huge endeavor, right? So th this is something that there's tons of grit just in doing it. But there's also grit in withstanding the 27,000 courses that are going to teach you how to do it and three easy steps and, and that kind of stuff and being able to sort through this stuff that is the cookie cutter funnel from the people that, who really can teach you how to do what you want to do, the logistics or the planning to get that next step done. I mean, I feel like that was the biggest thing when I started my coaching business was I was inundated. And the more you click into those things on Facebook, the more ads you get. And it's like, there is not an easy way to do this. There are definitely steps you can take and there's there's stuff that you can do. But when people keep throwing at you, this is easy passive income. You just have to do it this way. I think there's also the grit to kind of withstand all of that and not spend thousands and thousands of dollars in some of these courses that are really, really predatory in my mind. Oh, I totally agree. And I get why we're drawn into those things because sure. it, you know, it is so tempting. And I think one thing that happens is someone is successful and then they want to just put out there, take the steps I took and you'll be successful too. Mm -hmm. And here I've got it all mapped out. And part of the problem with that is it's not going to be the same path for every person. We don't all have the same strengths. We don't all really want the same business model. Yeah. And so there's really, I hate to say it, but I also love to say it. Like there is no quick, easy way to get there. Yeah. There is a, a different path for each of us. As I'm listening to the two of you on both of this, there, there's kind of that grift feeling that Katie and I talk about sometimes of where some of these programs kind of come from. And you know, it's not as easy as just kind of like leaning into like a Napoleon Hill's think and grow rich sort of scenario because so much of the way that we are trained as therapists does come from that personal aspect that we put into everything. That there is that relationship to not only the clients that we work with, but also the work that we do that has so much more of that self-worth that comes with it. You know, we, we joke about like, you know, yeah, we both like money, but we also like to <laughs> have that relationship to the output of what we do being a good quality reflection of what we have. And so in kind of maybe transitioning this to some of your experiences, how do people hold both of those ideas together of not just running through these, you know, 27 easy steps to making your first $10 by next Tuesday while also still feeling like the work that they're doing is a reflection of themselves. In the beginning, I really encourage people to create a pilot program, create something that you absolutely know is of high quality because you're creating it for actual people and you're creating it based on your experience and what you know works. And you're starting without really having a short-term goal of making a lot of money. You're starting with the focus on what you're creating and who you're creating it for. And at the same time, I really encourage people to have a long-term plan of how this is going to be profitable, even though only 100% of the time 
that plan is going to change <laughs> and the way you're going to end up, you know, creating your business model, making money, it's going to be different from what you think it is, but still having that vision and just kind of putting that into the DNA of your business from the beginning, I think is really important so that you're not just creating kind of a hobby business. Notes not only combines billing, scheduling, and notes into one easy-to-use software, they now also offer group telehealth, up to 15 clients in a group session at a time, and secure messaging features. And with their 24-7 customer service, they're ready to assist you no matter where your practice takes you. Therapy Notes allows you to do it all. Whether you're a solo clinician or part of a group practice, you'll have all the tools for success at your fingertips with Therapy Notes. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN. For two months free. So what gives somebody that background? You're, you know, I'm guessing a pilot program of like five people doing something is not enough of like a resume that really, you know, solidifies somebody. So how do we know that people are perceived as far as what their own experiences are as far as putting out something? Because if I was to go out and do, you know, like a, a women's issues retreat business, like I have very little credible background <laughs> in, in doing something like that. I can't pull from a personal experience, but, you know, just kind of for some people that we see out there, especially early in their careers as therapists, where they're trying to put out you know a lot of different areas, how do we help people conceive what makes their program credible? Usually people are creating programs, well, people who I work with are usually creating programs that are based around something that they have a lot of personal experience with and a lot of professional experience with. So putting together, when you're running a therapy practice, I always encourage people to look for a niche and to narrow that down, but you don't have to. You can be successful with a pretty broad niche in your therapy practice. But for this, you really need a niche and you really need it to be defined and, and clear. And you need to know that as you're talking about it, people know exactly what you're talking about and exactly who you're talking about. And so I think the, the example you brought up was perfect because I bet there are things that you have a ton of experience with that you would be creating a program around and that you have personal experience with. So, you know, for example... I'm working with some folks right now who are at that intersection of their expertise and their identity. So, you know, for example, Dr. Kelly Harper, she's creating a community for survivors of sexual assault. And so she's really leaning into the people who she's already serving, but creating something different for them. Or I'm working with someone else who was a correctional officer. And so now she's creating a community for women correctional officers. So it's kind of finding that place where you actually do have something really unique to offer. When we look at the amount of experience, I think there are folks that go into the clinical space at their end, like what you're talking about, like, can I provide support to people who I've provided therapy to and or a course or something or people who have a similar identity or a similar past experience as mine? I think there are also folks who then shift into, well, I did a good job creating my therapy business. So now I'm going to teach other people how to create a therapy business or I, you know, read some marketing books. Let me 
do a marketing thing. What are your thoughts about kind of some of those shifts of creating something where you're a couple steps ahead of your students, so to speak? And how do you develop and build authority? Or do you feel like you can? Yeah, I think you start small and you're looking along the way at what is it that I'm doing that's unique? What is it that I'm offering in this space, especially if it's a kind of saturated space? Yeah. What am I offering that sets this apart and kind of fills a gap that I see or that people I'm talking to see? And I think that's a way to begin to build not just authority, but just build your own confidence and your your first raving fans. Having yourself stand out for a lot of therapists, I think, becomes overwhelming. Yeah. Because I think a lot of therapists are more likely to want to fit in or have a difficult time owning their experience, especially if it's not kind of the traditional therapist experience. What are your thoughts on how people can move past that? That's such a great question. I think we have a harder time with this than perhaps coaches who aren't therapists. Yep. It's like we're, <laughs> we tend to be pretty rigorous. We tend to really know what we don't know. And we really don't want to harm anybody. And I think these are all great qualities. These are the reasons I love working with therapists. Mm-hmm. But I think we can sometimes take it too far where we're holding back from putting ourselves out there until we think we know absolutely everything. And we're just not going to know everything. So I think moving through some of that mindset stuff, moving through some of that perfectionism and looking at it from a lens of, okay, yes, I want to do something that is quality. And yes, I want to be educated about what I do know and what I don't know. But also, if I wait until I know everything, I'm also not allowing people to benefit from this work that I could be giving them. And so on the consumer end of that point, we've talked through several of our episodes about you know just the way that especially a lot of master's level clinicians are almost educated in this kind of fear-based sort of mentality. Mm-hmm. And you know, on one hand, we have this don't go out there and say anything that you don't know. And on the other hand, we have the well, don't be overconfident about you know, things and you're going to get caught that leads to all of the discussions around imposter syndrome that we have. And so it leaves us in kind of this lurch while these other coaches that don't come from a therapist background that you're talking about are out there just doing the same principles that we know as professionals work for other people, but we can't really apply to ourselves. How do we move out of that first stage of, you know, kind of that confusion and then move into putting these into more action steps into second and third stages of business of actually having that confidence without needing to be the absolute expert on the given topic. I think one thing we can offer is a process. So I don't think people are so much coming to us in these kinds of programs. I don't think they're coming to us for just information that they're not hoping that we're going to absolutely know everything and have all the answers. I think they're looking for a process that we can take them through. And so I think leaning into that rather than over-promising about what you're going to deliver, but really leaning into, you know, this is a process. And if you walk through it with me, I'm going to help you go from here to here. And this is what that looks like. 
I think that's a lot. It's a lot more honest. And I think it really draws in the right kinds of participants, people who are really looking for someone who's not going to be asked them, but someone who's going to say, I've, I've helped people through this process and here's what it is and here's what it isn't. The part that I've found in growing my own coaching and consulting is that when you don't say, I am the expert on X, but I'm going to take you through this process, it's kind of harder to market mm-hmm. because I think people mm-hmm. are wanting a specific set of knowledge base or a specific outcome especially when they're still in that initial stage of, I want to solve my problem in 27 easy steps. (laughs) And so I think when I've, you know, I've come to my own kind of, I help people make decisions and I help people to prioritize and I help them to create systems. Like I've, I've been able to start defining my processes, Mm -hmm. but I think it's, I always struggled with how to market a process versus I am the such and such expert. One thing I see making that a little bit easier is having a really clear niche. Like mm-hmm. this is the problem that I help with. This is the group of people who I help with this. And I think one thing you're speaking to is something that I think is changing. I think that consumers are getting a little bit sick of of overpromising. I think consumers yes. are getting a little bit sick of <laughs> buying courses that overpromise and then either not doing the course or doing the course and finding that it didn't work for them. So I think we're getting to a place where consumers are more sophisticated and this is actually going to be a great thing for people who are trained as therapists. That have you noticed so that though? <laughs> yeah, have, I'm wondering if you've noticed that at all, Katie. I have. I have. I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm being a, a little bit jaded. I, I think they are becoming more sophisticated and nuanced in, in the decisions that they're making. And I think that especially the cookie cutter stuff has become almost taboo. So I, I'm feeling more hopeful. And I appreciate that you said that because I think it is. I think it is better to be able to t- describe your process to a clear niche or a clear t- ideal client. And so that makes that makes sense. I'm feeling more hopeful. Thank you. <laughs> Well, and I think in addition to this, one of the ways that, you know, moving out of the, the cookie cutter process and into that more authentic relational aspect that therapists, coaches, or therapists, entrepreneurs can put out there is something that we talk about even within our own therapy practices of keeping practice-based evidence or coaching-based mm-hmm. evidence of what your process is and what the results are that you do. And so that way, within your marketing or in your discussions to these target niches, you can say, here are the results that I've got. And it's beyond just kind of the, you know, three to four sentence testimonial that somebody might put up on Yelp or, you know, being able to, you know, say over, you know, 5,000 courses sold or whatever else it might be, but being able to speak to that true, authentic growth that the people that work with you ultimately end up seeing in their program or their therapy with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think when you, like if you create a pilot program and then you reiterate that program and you keep on adjusting it based on what's actually working for people, then you also get to really lean into that. 
With the, the current global pandemic and related economic crisis that people are facing all over the world, does the math change on whether or not you start a business outside the therapy office? Does the, the, do the considerations change? I've seen for some people, it's really moved the timeline up. Like some people who had been feeling like, I know there's something else I want to create. I know I want to work in a different way and I'm going to do it next year or I'll do it when the time is right. I'm hearing some of those folks realizing that for them, the time is now and that there are, you know, folks who are looking for our help in all kinds of different ways and that this is a really important time for us to step up. And then for some people, I see the opposite. For some people, they are just dealing with, you know, suddenly homeschooling their kids. <laughs> They're dealing mm-hmm. with all kinds of other stressful stuff and it's just not the right time to get creative. So I'm seeing it impacting people both ways. But for those who are finding it's the time to step forward and do it, they are, I'm definitely seeing them finding participants. I'm definitely seeing them feeling like, yes, this is the right time and I'm able to fill my pilot program and you know, people are looking for support in new ways. But I also just, I totally understand the second group too, who are feeling like, yeah, that's great, but this isn't the time I can do something new. Thryzer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thryzer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thryzer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thryzer manages the claims end-to-end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thryzer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thryzer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. I think even with the folks who are ready and are Mm -hmm. going to take that step, I think about what the offerings may be. It it feels like Mm -hmm. there may be an assessment based on what people are actually looking for now, what they're able to or willing to invest in right now. And so I think it's, it's something where to me, it feels like it's, it's a deeper assessment that is going to be potentially happening than in times of abundance, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where I'm going to create this, you know, high end course, like, and, and maybe I'm being pessimistic, but I feel like there are probably some high end courses that can sell like hotcakes, but I think there's, there's potentially a different focus on creating something where there, whether it's reaching more people, having the ability to offer something at a lower price point to more people. Like to me, that's, that's where my head is going. Mm. What's your experience? That's such a good question. 
I'm finding that I see both things happening. I see people selling more high-end courses and programs, but only, and I think this is always true, but it's probably just more true now, only if it's dealing with a problem that really, really matters. That is not a time for fluff. It's not a time yeah. <laughs> for just like general self-improvement stuff. It's it's really a time for people who are you know struggling in their relationships, struggling with their parenting or struggling with you know, trauma, all different kinds of things that are really up for people and that they're looking for ways to deal with maybe sometimes outside of therapy. Uh, but I'm, I'm seeing that, I mean, I know we've got, what is it? 25% unemployment right now. We've, we've got, yeah. we've got some big problems, um, but we also have a lot of people who are looking for help that's really important. So I'm seeing both. And then I'm also, one thing that I love about watching people do this work is that they're also creating free stuff. So it's really important to the therapists I work with to create free stuff for people that's going to help them. That's not just kind of a bait and switch. That's not just here, sign up for my free offer so I can have your email. It's it's really important to them to create stuff that's valuable. So they're getting to put their free stuff out there. Some of them are creating podcasts. Some of them are just creating really thoughtful weekly or monthly emails full of great resources. So that's, I really like seeing that when people have business models that provide in all kinds of different ways. Probably just guessing about your social media habits, much like ours, that you're following a lot of other coaches and a lot of other therapists who may normally cater to higher SES clients, whether it be therapist clients or coaching clients. And so just seeing the amount of courses that are being put out and offered right now, and some of them are really good. Some of them are putting out really good resources. And some of them do tend to fall towards that cookie cutter approach or that fluff approach a little bit. And this is, you know, for our listeners here, this is that charge to make sure that you're putting out that quality content because the the good work that Annie was talking about at the beginning of, of the this episode is what tends to survive. And I think yes. that you know, throughout all of history, there's always the good stuff that gets put out. And there's always been the fluff and the (laughs) stuff that's out there that's just kind of occupying things. But the good stuff is what survives. And that's what cements your reputation. And that's where the work into this pays off. I know for me, there's days when I log into Facebook, and I'm just like, I don't even want to look at this because it's just (laughs) one, you know, 30 day challenge or, you know, 15 day challenge after another. And then it's do this you know, five-week program that just feels like it can be, you know, over-inundating for a lot of people. And I know that Katie and I are putting out stuff right now, too. We are (laughs) all in this space, too. And this is not to say, don't go out and do stuff. This is say, do it well. Do good quality stuff that you can be proud of, because that will resonate to the niches that you identify. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And who are you creating it for? And are you creating it from an energy of really wanting to serve 
Yeah. I think being of service is so critical. I also think having something unique to say mm-hmm. can be really important too. And I feel a little, I don't know what the right word is. I feel that we don't want to get into what you were talking about earlier, which is I won't say anything or or put myself out there unless I'm perfect or I know everything. But I do think that there's a lot of repackaging, a lot of adopting others' work that can happen in this effort. How does someone create something that's truly theirs that is this good work that Kurt's talking about? Is the the important work that you're talking about that's not fluff? How does someone do that? Like what are the the main things to consider when creating something outside the office? Oh, it's such a good question. I'm going to give an example of creating a podcast because I feel like that's a place where this can really happen. The idea of I'm going to create a podcast and I'm going to grow my audience that way and I'm going to you know serve in that way. And then as someone's creating a podcast, they may inadvertently start to create a really boring podcast that <laughs> doesn't actually provide anything new and that's, you know, kind of being made over and over again. And so that's just a moment when if I'm working with them, I can help them. I would never say, you're creating a boring podcast, but I would say, well, <laughs> that would let- be a hard conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. I would totally tell somebody that. Like, hey, I am but that's bored you, to Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> But I would say, okay, wait a minute. Like, you have this unique viewpoint. I can see it. Let's articulate it. Let's look at what you have to offer that's actually different from anything out there and take a look at what the mission of this particular podcast is and what gap it's filling that isn't already out there. So I think whether it's a podcast or your offer or the marketing you're putting out there, taking a moment and really looking at, wait a minute, have I gone bland and fluffy here because I'm trying to fit in or because it's just what I've seen before? Or can I like take a step back and find my voice, find my unique message, or even just the way that I say things that might be different than the way other people are saying things? It's so important to find that as you're creating. And sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes you're going to start out. I know this happened with my podcast. Like it started out without the mission that it has now. And I had to start creating and find my voice in order to get there. And I think that's just always a journey, but, but I do think we can, we can slow down and find our unique point of view, our unique mission before we put things out there. Annie Schusler telling people to be a rebel. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting because I think Kurt and I had the same journey. I think we started with a mission that was not 100% clear. It's continued to solidify, crystallize, get clarified, all of those good things. But I think what you're describing to me is when someone is coming from a place of burnout or I need to make some, you know, passive income or I need to put something out there. Like there's this urgency to do something that doesn't have a clear purpose. I think that sometimes can be where we get into this bland, boring, you know, repurposed something else. Whereas getting really clear on what your specific mission is, what you're really trying to do 
makes it flow easier. I don't think it's necessarily required. Like you say, like it, it will grow and evolve and, and develop over time. But I think that when we're going from a place of, I just have to make passive income. I just have to have this, I got to get out of my office, you know, that kind of thing. I think it can, it can really dilute someone's essence when they're trying to create something. It becomes a task. It becomes a job. It's not a life mission. Yeah. I just thought of something as you were saying that, that a voice that can come up for folks when they are in that place is, oh, people won't like it if I, you know, some people aren't going to like it if I mm-hmm. go bolder. Some people aren't going to like it if I niche down. So if you're hearing yourself saying like, oh, people won't like this, you may be on a really important track. And yes, some people will absolutely hate what you're doing. And that's totally fine. That's It's good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find out more about you and your services? They can go to rebeltherapist.me and you can find the podcast there and you can find out about all the other stuff I'm up to. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your wisdom with our audience. We'll include links to Annie's website and podcast in our show notes. You can find those at mtsgpodcast.com. And while you're over there, you can find the latest updates on the Therapy Reimagined 2020 conference and all of the transitions that we're taking to bring that to you in hopefully a way that just doesn't come across like a lot of webinars. We're working really hard behind the scenes to make this a really cool experience and not fluff, not fluff. (laughs) And we're getting a lot of help from our friends over at Simple Practice and Simple Practice Learning. They're being phenomenally wonderful in helping put that on for us. So check all of that out at mtsgpodcast.com. And until next time, I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Vernoy and Rebel Therapist Annie Schusler. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. Thanks to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, use promo code MODERN for two free months. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions.